the Failing Awesomely podcast. I hope y'all haven't gone too stir crazy in quarantine. And I want to remind you, by staying home, you're helping to keep people like me as healthy as possible. So a huge thank you. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I encourage you to at least go back to last week's episode so you're caught up on the first part of my breast cancer journey. Also, to any new listeners, if you want to know more about my background, go ahead and listen to the first two episodes to hear my story of successes and failures in the music business. In this week's episode, I'll be sharing what it was like getting a biopsy, hearing the final results, and learning about my type of breast cancer, the multiple doctor's visits and testing that followed, all of the decisions we had to make, and fast all leading up to my surgery on March 10th, and a big surprise that I was not prepared for. Hi friends, I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm Lindsay Garcia, and I have a desire to share my stories of failure, yes, failure, in business, motherhood, relationships, and while chasing big, big dreams. To say I've taken a lot of risks in my life would be an understatement. Here's the thing, in every failed attempt, there are multiple lessons to be learned, and coming out on top is not only possible, but I can almost guarantee it. Hey, if you fail, that's okay. Learn from it and turn it into something awesome. For most of us, any kind of waiting period, whether it be a medical diagnosis or let's say a huge promotion, waiting stinks. I think even, you know, 48 hours can feel like a week. So the time between knowing I might have cancer to getting the biopsy, it was rough. And not just rough for me, but for everyone in my family and my close friends that knew. David came with me this time when I had to go back to the Center for Breast Health to have my biopsy procedure done. And the same radiologist who told me that my masses were highly suspicious for cancer was the one who did my biopsy. I wasn't too thrilled, if I'm being honest, at first, knowing um, she's not the warm and fuzzy type, as I said in the last week's episode. But as if the nurse could read my mind, she told me, if I had to get a biopsy done, I would have Dr. S do it. She's the best and she's quick. So that did make me feel a little bit better about everything. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Getting a biopsy is not very fun. It's not that it's super painful or anything, but it really did mess with my head just lying there fully aware of everything that's going on and the sounds that you hear, everything. I feel like You know, I had two C-sections, but when you have a C-section and you're awake for that, you know that at the end of it, you are getting this beautiful, precious life that you can't wait to meet. And obviously, a C-section is way more invasive than a biopsy, but this was scary. This was, all these people in this room think that I probably have breast cancer, And now I have to be fully aware of the fact that they're cutting me open and taking samples and um, to find out 
whether or not it's true, whether or not I definitely do have cancer. So I had to lie down, propped up a bit under my left side so that it was slightly elevated for the procedure. There was a tech, a nurse, and the radiologist in there with me. And the procedure was led by an ultrasound machine to make sure that the big biopsy needle was correctly going straight into my tumors and collecting samples from the right spot. I didn't want to watch any of it. So luckily they had a mural on the ceiling to look up to with 12 hidden pink breast cancer ribbons for patients to find for those of us, me, who just needed to get through it and just pretend like it wasn't happening, even though that's really super hard to do. The sweet nurse also put a lavender essential oil patch on my right side so I could lean in and breathe in anytime I wanted to to keep me as calm as possible. The first thing they do is they stick you several times with a numbing medicine so that you don't feel pain from the procedure. You still feel pressure. It's not like you don't feel anything, but you don't feel pain. Um, And that first stick of the numbing needle does not feel good. It's hurts pretty bad but then every stick after that the numbing starts to take effect and you don't really feel anything else Um, and after they're good and sure that you are numb they start the procedure and they cut a small incision to be able to stick the big biopsy needle in to collect samples Um, you definitely do feel a pressure of the needle going in and going into the tumor but the, the worst part is not that. It's when they're about to suck out a sample. It literally sounds like a staple gun goes off. It's very loud. It's kind of jerky. And it quickly sucks up and collects a sample of your tumor. They did this four times on my one tumor. And then they did the whole procedure over again to my second tumor. So I had to be numbed again in the area of my second tumor and then they took three samples from that one and then they were done recovery thank god was not bad at all you're a little sore and a little bruised but that's about it the biopsy was done on a thursday and by that monday february 10th the results were in i bet you can imagine what waiting the weekend was like for us it felt more like a month and we had hope of course And we were praying for a benign result. But honestly, I already knew. So my prayer was for peace. And man, did the Lord deliver, y'all. Anytime my mind became consumed with anything negative, I asked God for peace. And almost immediately, it would just wash over me. The Lord has been so, so good to me throughout this whole journey. He has never left my side. So back to the results. Normally, you go into the doctor's office for your results and go over everything in person. But the radiologist had called one of her close friends, the woman who would become my oncology surgeon, to see if she could fit me in for an appointment ASAP. And she did just that for me on Tuesday, February 11th. Guys, I can't tell you what this did for me. You know, the the radiologist, she was not, like I said, the most um, warm person. 
but she advocated for me in a way that I've never been able to thank her for. And I'm, I'm so grateful that she made a personal call to Dr. K, who is my oncology surgeon, who I love. She is my person. We click so much. She called her right away and said, I want you to see this patient. She's young. She's only 34. She has two small kids. I, I need you to get this taken care of for her. And I am so, 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 so beyond grateful that she did that. So any thoughts that I had about Dr. S, the radiologist, I now have so much love and thanksgiving for her. I I can't even explain it. So because they were able to get me in for an appointment with Dr. K, the surgeon, on February 11th, they decided to call me and ask if they could give me the results over the phone. And I said, yes, absolutely, let's do it. So I put the nurse um, on speakerphone with David, and it was confirmed that I, I did have cancer. I had invasive ductal carcinoma, which is cancer in my milk ducts. The one thing that I did forget to mention in last week's episode was that my lymph nodes looked completely clear in the imaging. So when they did the ultrasound, they they checked my lymph nodes big time and and everything looked great. Um, So I just wanted to make that side note. When I got the cancer news, I took it pretty well. And I can thank God (laughs) for that because... He was the one who just, like I said, gave me this piece about it. And I just knew that if I trusted in him, we could take care of this. And I, I would fight however he wanted me to, and he would take care of the rest. So because of my reaction, my family and close friends took it pretty well too, which only gave me a boost of confidence that everything would be fine. So I was actually really looking forward to meeting with my surgeon to learn more about my cancer and figure out what my options were and her recommendations moving forward. Right away, like I said, I loved her. I loved her so much. She was my kind of gal. We clicked right away. She did such an amazing job explaining what they knew about the type of cancer based on the biopsy results and what the best next steps should be. I found out that my specific cancer thrives on hormones, mostly estrogen. Specifically, my cancer markers, as they call them, are estrogen positive, progesterone positive, and HER2 negative. These markers are considered easier to treat, which was great news. Also, in imaging, my tumors measured both less than two centimeters in diameter each. So my surgeon thought it made the most sense to have surgery first to remove the tumors and also remove a few sentinel lymph nodes to check and make sure that cancer cells didn't spread. We talked about all of the surgical options, but I was pretty dead set even going into that visit that I really, really wanted a double mastectomy so that I could decrease my chances of recurrence and thankfully, Dr. K agreed. She thought, you know, you're young. Yes, if, if you're willing, let's just remove all breast tissue. And that will significantly decrease your chances of recurrence and getting breast cancer again. So I was very, very thankful that she agreed with that and that that was the plan of action. <laughs> it was funny. The whole visit went great. Like I said before, she explained everything so clearly. But it was funny because anytime. 
she was starting to talk about a touchy subject for most women, I think, she would her voice would start to get lower and it would start to get a little more serious. And in my mind, I was thinking, oh, no, like there's there's bad news There's something really bad that she's about to tell me. And then she would say something like. Because of where your tumor is. I don't think I'm going to be able to save your nipple. And I (laughs) would just I laughed hysterically because I was like, oh, my gosh, take them. I don't care if you are saving my life. I do not care about a nipple. So luckily, we were able to get to know each other really, really well in that visit. She knew that things like that that didn't matter, that weren't a life or death thing, I didn't care about. So um It was great to already have that kind of relationship built within the first visit. She also told me in that visit that she wanted me to meet with a plastic surgeon, Dr. M, to go over reconstructive options. And she also wanted me to have an MRI done for clear images of both of my breasts, just so we had that much more confidence in what was found via mammogram and ultrasound for abnormalities and my lymph nodes on both sides. When you've never had a mammogram before, they have nothing else to go on. Like they have no prior imaging to look at and say, okay, so based on her last scan, now we see this. So that's why an MRI was um, a major thing that she wanted me to have done prior to surgery. On top of those two appointments, I had lab work that needed to be done, genetics testing, and a pre-op class, and I also had to get a sentinel lymph node injection the day before surgery to, I guess, light up my lymph nodes is what they say, so it was easy for Dr. K to find them so that she could remove them during surgery. I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about the visit with Dr. M, the plastic surgeon, first. I was so, so grateful. My sweet, beautiful Aunt Cindy was able to come with me to this appointment. And it was great because we hadn't seen each other in a little bit. So we went out to lunch first at Iron Hill. And we got to just catch up before going to this appointment. And I was really looking forward to it, actually. I felt like out of all the appointments that I had to go to for cancer, clearly this was kind of the fun one where we got to talk about getting new boobs. So my Aunt Cindy was not only there for support, but also to help me take notes and kind of be a second ear to hear all of the options for reconstruction. When I first met Dr. M, I loved him so much. He's so thorough, he's so professional, but he's also very, very kind. But I was a little disappointed. He's he's straightforward and honest. And what I was disappointed to hear was the high rates of infection for reconstruction when you're getting implants after something like a double mastectomy. Apparently, um, the infection risk is a lot higher than if you're just going in to get implants as a normal person without cancer, which I had no idea. So it kind of made me not want to go that route. And because of that, he recommended that I meet with another plastic surgeon in Lancaster. His name is Dr. Bast, and he is the only doctor who does what is called a tram flap reconstructive surgery where they take some of your lower belly and they make boobs out of them basically for you. And so 
what's great about it is it's a very um, low increased chance of infection because it's your own body. There's nothing foreign going inside of you. It's even though it's technically your belly's foreign to your boob, it's still your body. So um, and in the end, you only need a couple of surgeries. You need like one major surgery and then another smaller surgery just to kind of tweak it and make sure that everything is looking all right and making adjustments and that sort of thing. And then you don't have to have another surgery for the rest of your life. Whereas if you would get implants, you need to have possibly several surgeries for the rest of your life to get new implants. Um, So when I left that visit, I, I felt a little down just because you know, I was really, really hoping that reconstruction would be a little easier, but it, it was all good. You know, I just take one step forward and um, I was thankful that I had my Aunt Cindy who was so positive and she uplifted me for sure and just told me, you know, one step at a time, like it's going to be okay. If you if you want to get that tram flap reconstructive surgery, then that's what you're going to do and it's going to be great and it's going to look amazing. It's going to look even more natural. So that made me feel better. Next, I had the MRI and this was the first MRI I think I'd ever had. I remember maybe having one as a kid because I had some knee issues as a kid, but um, it's been many, 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 many years, and I definitely had never had one for my chest. So when you have an MRI for your breasts, you have to, um, first you have to have an IV because they do a contrast. So they do imaging without injecting dye in you, and then they do a bunch of imaging injecting dye in you, I guess, to kind of light up certain areas that they want to see. Um, And you have to lie flat on your front, so on your belly, and your boobs go in these certain sockets for imaging. And it's about a 30-minute procedure. It's very loud. If you've had, they, they do put headphones on you, but you can barely hear the music that you select, which I selected Christian music, and I just kept having to recite um, biblical scripture inside my head or sing my own songs because I couldn't even hear the music over the loud sounds of the MRI machine. But um, it was over and done with, and I it, it honestly wasn't that bad. I was anxious about the MRI because I was told by Dr. K that... MRIs have a high false negative rate. I guess because they're so sensitive that sometimes they can pick up on things that aren't really there. Um, maybe that's not the best way to describe it, but that's how I, I absorbed it. I absorbed that information. So um, I was very, very nervous about this MRI. And I remember asking on social media for people to pray that all they saw was what we already know. And luckily, we got those results and the results were in. My lymph nodes still looked good. We saw um, the tumors that we already knew about and nothing on the right side. So as far as MRI was concerned, we were, everything that was shown was what we already knew, which is what I wanted to hear. Um, Next up before surgery was my appointment with Dr. Bast. Dr. B, the other, I don't know why I said his name. Oh, man. Well, 
I didn't want to say names on this podcast, but I already said his name, so oops. Anyway, my next appointment was with Dr. B, the other plastic surgeon, and luckily my Aunt Cindy was able to go with me again to that visit. And just like Dr. M, I really, really love Dr. B. He explained everything really, really well, and he felt very confident that we would be able to do this surgery and that I'd be really happy with the results. So the plan was, if I did not need chemotherapy, then about a month after I had my double mastectomy, I would be able to schedule to have my reconstructive surgery done. If I did have to have chemo and any other kind of treatment, we would have to wait until that was done before we could do reconstruction. So I just prayed and prayed and prayed along with friends and family that hopefully through the double mastectomy, we would get everything and the oncotype test would come back that I would not need chemo. I could get the reconstruction and move on with my life. So the day before surgery, I had to get that sentinel lymph node injection so that my lymph nodes lit up for Dr. K to see them and she was able to remove them easily, like I explained earlier. Um, That took a little bit longer than I thought. I thought it was going to be a quick little injection, but it was like a 30 second to a minute injection of, of fluids right in your side boob which is very sensitive area so it wasn't fun but it was over within a minute and you know move on surgery day I woke up ready I would even say I woke up excited I just I knew the Lord was already fighting this battle for me so many people had been and were praying for me and the doctors and nurses and I was I was just pumped I think a a lot of medical staff was actually surprised at how positive and happy I was. And my response was, cancer is coming out of me today. So I'm good. Let's do this. The surgery lasted about five to six hours. But it felt like I just got a good like 30 minute nap in by the time I woke up in recovery. I had to stay in recovery for a couple of hours because we had some trouble managing my pain a little bit. But once we got that all under control, I was able to be brought to my room where David and I would spend the night to monitor me and make sure I was doing well. And also, I was so, so grateful that David's aunt, Annie, had come into town to be with us, support us. She sat with David the whole time while I was in surgery, so he wasn't alone and they, we got to spend time with her. She was there to help get us food if we wanted because I've been eating really clean and organically. So she would make runs to Whole Foods and bring us food. And she was just amazing. And she's so funny and just a breath of fresh air. She's kooky and just the best person to have around. So I'm so thankful that she came. And also the day that I got sent home on the 11th, right around the same time, my one of my best friends, Karen, who I call wifey, she flew in from Florida to help out too and just be here with me, be here supporting me, help take care of the kids and just anything we needed. And I, I, I think one of the most amazing things was I came home and a lot of people have, had gotten flowers and cards and I was so, so grateful. But my mom and my friend Jackie had asked some of my friends to write me little messages. 
And then Jackie printed them out and put them on these beautiful stationary cards. And they hung them on clothespins on jute string all over my bedroom. So that when I came home, I had a ton of flowers and these sweet, sweet notes hanging from the ceiling so that I could be reminded of how much I was loved and people were praying for me. And I'm just so grateful for that. If you were a part of it and I haven't acknowledged it, please know how much that meant to me. So many people wrote messages, so I haven't gotten around to actually be able to go individually and message people and thank them for that. So chalk this up as a, as a huge thank you. Um, but that was really incredible. My recovery, um, the first few days were not fun. I'm not going to lie. But after that, really, just a few days, and I, I automatically just started to feel so much better and started to have more strength. The pain was a lot less. I didn't feel like I needed pain medication that much or muscle relaxers as much. And it was just nice being able to catch up with wifey and being able to kind of just be and you know the the saddest part was not really being able to interact with my kids all that much because they couldn't climb on me you know they're four and one so it's hard to tell them like you can't jump on mama because that's really all they want to do um but it was nice to be able to relax and and catch up with with one of my best friends who I don't get to see very often anymore we knew each other from our Nashville days everything was going pretty well and Although I definitely, you know, needed Valium to get through the pain and discomfort sometimes and lots of prayer, uh, I was feeling better. So since finding out I had cancer, my close family and friends, and even some of you who showed support and prayers when you read my posts on social, you, along with me, prayed that this was it, that this would be the end that my lymph nodes would be clear, and that we would send for what's called an oncotype test, I think I mentioned that earlier, to see what my chances were of recurrence. What this test does is it can determine whether it's worth it or not to skip chemo. And I had confidence, y'all. I had peace, and I trusted that we were going to get those positive results and hear that the cancer did not spread to my lymph nodes. So when my surgeon called with the results, I had her on speaker, for David to hear with me. And she said, Lindsay, I am so disappointed in these results. I removed four of your lymph nodes and all four came back positive for cancer. My heart dropped, but I I tried to stay strong because I could tell that David's heart had dropped too. Dr. K then said, so this means We'll have to have another surgery pretty soon to remove the rest of your lymph nodes and the surrounding tissue, and you will definitely need chemo, and I would recommend radiation too. I'm going to move up your oncology appointment with Dr. W to start talking about what's next, and we'll wait for the final pathology in a few days to know more. God had to have physically been holding me up at this point because even though there was a small part of me that wanted to scream, what was louder 
was the love of our Lord and Savior reminding me that this is his fight and he's not giving up because I am his and I trust in him. I'm good. We can do this. Thank you guys so much for listening and waiting a couple of extra days for this podcast, y'all. Trying to get caught up with my story so I can start to update in real time with the most recent news of what's going on in my cancer journey and how COVID-19 is affecting everything. Next week, I'll talk about the final pathology report, the tests and scans I had to get done while our world was completely changing by the minute. We are living in a time in history like never before. Be thankful if you're healthy. Be thankful if you still have employment. Be thankful if you have a warm home to stay quarantined in. And pray for those who don't. I'm going to do something I have yet to do and end in prayer. Lord, in Joshua 1.9, you say, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Lord, I just pray that during this time that we are all clinging to you and trusting in you, knowing that your word is the truth. And our lives, if we cling to you and we live by you and what you want for us, we will be okay. We will be fine. We will persevere. We have to do some tough things to get through this. But with you, all things are possible. We are not alone. I pray for anybody out there who is fearful for their health, who is fearful for the health of a family member or multiple family members, who are fearful of their jobs, who are fearful of the unknown. I pray that you lift them up, Lord, that you comfort them and that you somehow point them to your word and your trusting perfect word, Lord because you never lead us on the wrong path. In Jesus' name, amen.